Hi friends, I'm so glad you could be with me today in our Unfolding the Word study together. We're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John, and I hope it's been a profitable study for you. We're now in the fifth chapter, and today I want to pick up our reading in that fifth chapter in verse 3 on through verse 5, which we began to look at yesterday. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God has overcome the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the very Son of God? We've been talking about why God's commands are not burdensome. Particularly the command to show agape love toward the brothers and sisters, toward expressing to one another a biblical orientation of life, holding to the biblical truths. Sometimes it can seem burdensome because we're attacked by the flesh, we're attacked by the culture, we're attacked by the enemy of our souls who wants to cast doubt on God's word. And at the same time, we're even confronted with those who've been redeemed who would prefer we weren't acting biblically and certainly not wanting us to challenge them when they're not. And they would accuse us of being unloving in the very act of being loving by acting biblically toward them. Well, at any rate, God says, listen, I want you to understand that despite those types of struggles, my commands are not burdensome. In verses 4 and 5, God gives us three reasons for that promise from him. A promise, you remember, reflected back in Matthew 11 is Jesus says, my, my burden is not heavy for us. Well, the first of those reasons we were looking at yesterday, and that is, God's commands are not burdensome to us, weighing us down in the way they were before we were a believer because our acceptance with God is no longer tied to our obedience to those commands. The old covenant in which God dealt with us as we earned and deserved was a tremendous burden because all of us sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Then there was nothing we could do to ultimately solve that sin problem. Nothing we could do to somehow get good enough to be accepted by God. And so it was a very great burden for us. But now, after turning to Christ as Savior, repenting and believing, we've passed out of judgment into life. Our acceptance with God is rooted in our response to the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, no longer rooted in how well we kept his commands before that time. So now, as we turn to keeping God's biblical commands, we discover that we're doing it for an entirely different reason. Not in order to gain acceptance, not in order to get saved, but because we are saved and are accepted. Now we're orienting our life toward obeying his commandments in order to please him and in order to grow as disciples. Tremendous change, and it goes directly to the question of the burdensomeness of God's commands. Well, let's continue to look at these things. Look at the second of the reasons that God gives us here. And in verse 4, he says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Number one reason, God's commands are not burdensome to us because our acceptance with him is rooted in Christ's life, not our own. The second reason is that in the new birth, as we repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, God changed us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. 
The old's passed away. Behold, everything has become new. When we repent and believe in that gospel message, we've been born anew. And this changed life is at the very core and essence of our being. We are now different people. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has changed us. And that change has everything to do with the burdensomeness, so to speak, of the law of God, of the biblical commands. Now, how is that the case? What is it that has changed everything? Well, the change is this. Because God has changed me at the core, has made me a new creation, born anew, I discover at my deepest level now that my heart actually wants to obey God. My heart actually wants to please my Heavenly Father. Notice how Paul puts this change that I'm talking about and is being really referenced here in 1 John 5. Notice how he puts it in Romans chapter 7, verses 22 to 23. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. All right. That's that warfare that we were talking about that seeks to obstruct us from obeying and tries to turn keeping God's commands into a burdensome thing. Earlier in 1 John, in our study of the third chapter, in verses 9 and 10, we learned yet another fact about this. Notice how it puts it. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, meaning they no longer are habitually oriented toward rebellion against God, because God's seed abides in him. He cannot keep sinning because he's been born of God. And by this it's evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. God has changed us. We began with a changed reason for salvation, now resting in Christ's perfect life instead of our efforts. We move on to an inner change that has changed our heart. And now we want to please and obey God. God's word and obedience to it is now our inmost desire. Oh yes, we stumble at times, which is why earlier in the book of 1 John, we learned that, you know, God, if we do stumble in sin, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therein is that wonderful transformation that's occurred. So reason number one, God's commands are not burdensome. We're now under the new covenant. We're not saved because we keep the commands. We're saved because Christ kept them perfectly. Secondly, God's commands are not burdensome to us as his redeemed children of God because he's changed us. We've been born anew at the very heart. And we now have a new heart that wants to please him, wants to align with his word. Well, the third reason, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, we see in verses 4 and 5, our faith. And who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? One of the things that comes as a result of our repentance and faith is not only acceptance with God, not only adoption into his family as his child, not only new life and new creation changed at the inner core, but he's told us that now the Holy Spirit indwells our life, takes up residence within us. The redeemed, therefore, can now be called overcomers. 
In fact, that's the terminology used here in 1 John. We are now overcomers in Christ. What a wonderful word, overcomer, overcomes. The Greek word nikeo. By the way, uh, related to that word is the word Nike, which is the brand of a sneaker today in today's world. But it also was the name of the goddess of victory in the Greek uh, picture and pantheon of the gods. To be an overcomer means to be a victor. And God says, listen, you've been redeemed. You've been changed. And you've been indwelt. And now you can be an overcomer. You can be a victor. And your orientation and your addressing of my commands takes on a whole new light. Overcomers have new hearts. Overcomers have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We can now fight the good fight with his power. We can find victory over temptation from the world, the flesh, the devil, from pressures from well-meaning but wrong brothers and sisters in Christ. Colossians 1.29 talks about this new power. It says, For this I toil, struggling with all of his energy that so powerfully works in me. Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You and I have now been strengthened through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And all of it is tied to our faith in the gospel, not tied to our works. We're not overcomers because of some religious discipline and practice. We're not overcomers because we're such good guys. We're overcomers because we repented and believed in the gospel. We were saved, we were made new creations, and we were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So, how are you doing with obeying his commands? The burden, so to speak, of obeying his commands. It helps us to know that it is our faith, not our works, that saves us, because that gets obedience out of that equation. It helps us to know that our heart's now been changed so that at the deepest level we want to be obedient with God's word. And it helps us to know that God has promised us enabling strength through the indwelling Holy Spirit. You and I are overcomers. And as a result, God's commands are not burdensome to us. Well, join me next time as we move further in our study, and we're going to talk about three proofs, testimonies is the terminology used, about the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, so we can have confidence in the one in whom we placed our faith. Join me then, won't you? God bless.